Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, May 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Pro-EU parties have held their ground in the European elections. Fiat Chrysler and Renault are in talks over a merger. And what could be the most valuable tech unicorn wants to get into the phone-making business. Plus, the FT's Andres Schipani tells us how the first few months of Jair Bolsonaro's presidency has been going for Brazil. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Pro-EU parties largely held their ground in Sunday's European elections. One of the FT's Brussels correspondents, Jim Brunsden, was at the European Parliament as results were coming in. He explains what we can take away from the votes so far. One thing that's already clear is a shrinking of the main centre-left and centre-right blocks in the parliament and votes effectively being siphoned away to a mixture of pro-EU reformists, such as parties allied with Emmanuel Macron, the French president's Le Republique en Marche party, and also to anti-EU forces or Eurosceptic parties, such as the La Lega party of Matteo Salvini in Italy. All that means, collectively, that we're going to have a more complicated European Parliament in a way, a more fragmented kind of centre ground, a more difficult coalition building, and that has an impact not just on the European Parliament's policy making, but also on the rest of the functioning of the EU, because the Parliament plays a critical role in appointing the President of the next European Commission. So uh, what we can see for now is that there is going to be a change, that we are going to have maybe a, a three or four party coalition at the heart of the Parliament's business and that we're in some very interesting negotiations to come over the, the next days and weeks. So looking out for the results and seeing what the different political leaders make of it, but it's already clear this has been a very interesting election and also an election with a higher turnout than we've seen in the European Parliament election for many years. Fiat Chrysler and Renault could be the next big auto industry merger. Sources tell the FT the car companies are considering an exchange of shareholdings or investment in each other as part of wide-ranging talks for a tie-up. They could even go as far as a full-blown merger. Renault has agreed to delay any plans to merge with its Japanese partner, Nissan, in the short term if an agreement is reached with Fiat Chrysler. It was a condition stipulated by the Italian-American carmaker for its cooperation. A deal would help the companies pool resources as they battle to survive in an industry hit with falling sales and tech disruption. Today, the two are expected to announce that they're in talks to collaborate in areas like connectivity, electric vehicle technology, and manufacturing platforms. And what could be the most valuable unicorn in the world wants to take a crack at developing hardware. Two sources tell the FT that China's ByteDance, which owns the streaming app TikTok, wants to make a smartphone. The phone would come preloaded with its own apps, including news feeds, short video platforms, and games. ByteDance has a valuation of $75 billion and is ranked as one of the world's biggest startups. And it's unique in that it boasts a larger user base outside its home market of China. But analysts don't expect ByteDance's new venture to make a splash. They point out there's not much of a market for another smartphone, and ByteDance doesn't have experience in the field. Plus, other big tech companies, like Facebook and Amazon, made early attempts into the mobile phone market several years ago that outright flopped. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. 
It's been quite an eventful few months since Jair Bolsonaro took office as Brazil's president. Many who saw the populist president come to power believed he would mostly focus on rescuing Brazil from the economic turmoil the country is in. But instead, the FT's Andres Capani says Bolsonaro has focused mostly on topics like guns, Christianity, and what Bolsonaro calls cultural Marxism in the education system. Between his policies and brash appearance on Twitter, Scapani says Bolsonaro has been alienating allies. So how did Bolsonaro get so popular to begin with? During the campaign, they called him the mito, the, the myth, the legend, sort of like a savior of the country. Andres Scapani is the Brazil correspondent for the FT. And it was a very basic populist nationalist discourse, focused on like sort of like shoot from the hip security. He embraced liberal economic ideas, like free market ideas. He's always been very brazen. This was before the campaign itself, but he was known for making very disparaging remarks and gays, black Brazilians who are a majority in the country, some disparaging remarks against women as well. And he has been very controversial for several years. For example, he's keen on opening up reserves in the Amazon Reef for commercial activity. And all of this brought together roughly 57 million Brazilians, people who were fed up with the classic political parties and politicians, people who are like roughly posters here, about a 20% staunch right-wingers, and people who didn't know who to vote for, and because the alternate was the party, the left-wing party, who has been in power for 13 years. So all of these elements brought Bolsonaro to, to power. You talked about his kind of liberal ep- economic policies. Um, how has he, if at all, impacted the economy? Well, not much so far, to the point that Economists have been slashing GDP growth forecast over the past three months. The next reading will be at the end of May, and some people fear it could either be flat or even negative. Many Brazilians feel he's too focused on these culture wars rather than in actual policy making. And, for example, this month, students and teachers took to the streets in the first nationwide protest against his administration, against budget cuts at public universities. Some people feel he's sort of like renegating the economic agenda and... The key thing in, the, in, the, in his economic agenda is a pension reform. I mean, Brazil desperately needs a, a pension reform. And I, I actually interviewed the, the Speaker of the Lower House of Congress, who essentially holds the key to the vote on the pension reform. And he's negotiating directly with Bolsonaro's economy minister, Paulo Guedes. And he feels things have improved, though. So there's a light at the end of, of the channel. So this is what he had to say. The pension reform will pass in Congress and with a good result. I think we are working on building support in Parliament, support in society. The government is now more engaged. Pension reform won't solve all of our problems, but it will stop Brazil from falling into a fiscal precipice. I think in the lower house of Congress, we can get it approved by July 15. We are working on that deadline, knowing it could get delayed by 15 or 20 days, but that is not a problem. That was Rodrigo Maia, Speaker of the Lower House of Brazil's Congress. Andres, we're still waiting on what the pension plan will look like. What can we expect? Well, this is needed to restore confidence in Brazil's fiscal position, which has been quite shattered, and attract foreign investment at the same time. When we had a market rally over the past few months, but that has been mainly driven by local money. Now, foreign investors, and I've spoken to a chunk of them, are essentially waiting for this pension reform to happen because whenever pension reform happens, then the government has promised 
a tax reform and then a huge privatizations package. One follows the other. For you to have an idea, according to the IMF, Brazil's public debt forecast is to reach 90% of GDP this year. So they definitely need a pension reform. The problem we have is like some fear Bolsonaro's social media, let's call it soapbox, is hampering their the reforms and, and they're saying he should be focused on negotiating with Congress. Others, though, feel like all that noise, all these culture wars and the Twitter use and all of that is helpful because it is letting the economic team, which is very good, I have to say, to negotiate with lawmakers away from the spotlights. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following along as U.S. President Donald Trump meets with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe in Japan. The two will continue to discuss North Korea and trade after the U.S. president meets with Japan's newly ascended Emperor Naruhito. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.